How you doing? Welcome to another episode of the Godfather, Godfather Part 2 Minute. Minute. I'm Alex Robinson. I'm Andy Robinson. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Forget oh. about it. <laughs> Today we're talking about Minute 141 of The Godfather Part Dos. Part 2. Alex, repeat after me. Yes. A minuto. A minuto. Numero. Numero. Cento quarantuno. Cento quarantuno. You got it. Yeah, very musical. That nice. One. Cento yeah. quarant. Sounds like a <laughs> Italian radio station. Cento yeah. quarantuno. <laughs> the vibe. <laughs> the Don. The Don. <laughs> W-D-O-N. Playing nothing but Johnny Fontaine. Playing nothing nothing but offers you can't refuse. <laughs> well, here's the little summary of Minute 141. Senor Roberto finally flees the old-timey New York City office, much to the mobster's merriment. The consigliere calls his Don outside to see the crown jewel of their new venture, a brand new sign for the Genko Olive Oil Company. A then, brand new sign! Da, 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 da. Then they're almost run over. <laughs> and that's it. And then, yeah, then it segues into a, a bit of the uh, Mikey testifying before the... Uh, we learn Mikey was born in New York City. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, his, his father was born in Sicily. Yeah. So, interesting minute, Alex. Mm-hmm. You see the end of Signor Roberto trying to leave. We yeah. talked last week about how he's locked in. Do you think... Literally well, and figuratively locked in. <laughs> Do you think uh, the Don and Signor Roberto ever had any further business? Hmm. Like, did Don did the Don need, like, an apartment? Oh, look, talk to, that, yeah. talk, talk to that rat hole guy. And yeah. Get us all... And whatever he says, whatever rent he said he's going to charge you, tell him to come see me. We'll just tell him to lower ten dollars. We're going to save ourselves a lot of time. <laughs> so I'm going to say no. They 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 never have any more further business after this. I don't think so. Although Signor Roberto does say, if you call me, I'll come anytime. Yeah. I wonder what could have been a reason that Don Corleone would have called him. Hmm. I guess if Mrs. Colombo had a beef. Yeah, oh, that's right. Or any of the other tenants. No, you're right, yeah. So, so Theo, mm. let's play out the string. So, Senor Roberto goes home. Mrs. Colombo stays there. Do mm-hmm. the, the other tenants like, what the hell, Senor Roberto? You said you were going to get rid of that lady. And he's like, shut up, or I'll kick yeah. you out. Senor Roberto says Yeah, that. yeah, like, because he, yeah. he can't well, yeah. you know, the Don... And so all the other tenants start getting dogs. <laughs> it turns into like a... Uh, or do you think he said, well, go talk to Don Corleone if you don't like it. And then they're oh, yeah. like, uh-oh. You know, they oh, that's know true. They know I mean, that is the benefit yeah. of... That's the the beneficial side of what Senor Roberto that's has true. committed to. Yeah. Now, he's is he kind of protected? I wonder what the rules are for that sort of thing. Like, if if did Senor Roberto, he's like, well, I'm out ten bucks a month now, mm-hmm. and so I know I'll just charge, I'll just charge everyone else five dollars extra a month, and if they raise a beef with it, I'll go say, don't oh, go talk to Don Corleone, go talk to uh, yeah. Don Corleone about it. Yeah, if you got a beef. Yeah. Wait for Don Corleone's daughter to get married, and then go talk to him. <laughs> like, can you go around if you if you once you're in Don Corleone's pockets, can you just? 
Is that basically like a get out of jail free card? You could tell everyone about it. It doesn't matter. Probably not. So you think maybe within reason? Yeah. If you're being reasonable, <laughs> not like those hot headed guys out in Brooklyn. Yeah. What are you, you going to make a deal? Yeah. Uh, so this is where we learn. This is where uh, after he leaves, and then uh, Jenko says, "Oh, he's hiding out in the Bronx." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, good to see the Bronx getting mentioned. Yeah. I yeah. didn't realize that he lived. It's it was funnier before I knew he lived in the Bronx. Yeah. Now that you know he lives in the Bronx, it's not as funny because first just yeah. like, he's like head for cover, head yeah, right. for cover. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh was, no no Bronx Italy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the. Uh, so yeah, so we transition to them hanging up the 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 sign, the sign, the Jenko Olive Oil Company. Is that what it says? Jenko Olive Oil. Okay. Yeah, it is different in the book, as we said last week. It's the Jenko Pura Oil Company. Right. Yeah. It says. So, I think it says. Oh, I don't know. Actually, the sales so they import cheese as well. So oh, they have other. Okay. We don't know the. We know their. We know their oil was. Eh. Yeah, but the the cheese we don't know the status yeah. of it. So yeah. Well, before we get to the sign, okay, we have a deleted scene here. Oh, in between the dons, in between him saying, "Oh, he's running for the Bronx," mm-hmm. then he was going to say, "Oh, boss, uh, um, Clemenza wants you to meet somebody," and that's when he was. That's when Don Corleone was oh. going to. This is the deleted scene you can find of mm-hmm. Don Corleone and Clemenza interviewing uh, Heinrich, a young Hyman Roth for his his uh, position. So at this point, he had already been working as a mechanic for Clemenza, right? It it, Clem- it had been br- it had been brought up and Clemenza's like, uh, oh, you're a good car fixer. And in the deleted scene, he's telling the Don, oh, this guy's good at fixing cars. Oh. Can we bring him into, into the, into the, uh, oh, cool. into the family? And yeah. also that's when he says, oh, what's your name? And he's like, hi, man, Wachowski. Uh-huh. And then Clemenza's like, oh, we're going to call him Johnny Lifts because that's right. And then, then Johnny Lifts? Not yeah, Hyman Lifts? No. <laughs> that sounds even worse. Hyman okay, Lifts. worse. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Johnny Lifts is going to be his name. Mm-hmm. And then, so then the Don says, who do you admire? Hyman Roth. Hyman Wachowski says, oh, Arnold Rothstein, the famous, uh, you know, gangster. And uh, that's how he got his name. Yeah, it's the secret order. This is the Indiana Phoenix of how he got how he got his name. So, is did the did the Don ask him that question? Who do you admire? Because he wanted to create a nickname for him, or 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 is he? Is that why he asked him that? It, that's the context it comes up in. Interesting, because he says yeah. he says, "Oh, my name's Hyman Wachowski," and then Clemenza says, "Oh, we're going to change it. We're, we're uh. going to call him Johnny Lifts." And then he's like, "No, let's have, let's give him a different name." <laughs> and then he asks him. So it's interesting because I guess yeah. the, we don't see the Don do a similar thing. Yeah, we don't see the Don naming him because naming other people. <laughs> that would be really funny. If Clemenza says, uh, well, "What's your name?" And he says, uh, "Johnny, Johnny." Johnny Lips. No, what's his real name? Oh, Hyman Wachowski. Hyman Wachowski. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, no, that won't do. We must go see Don Corleone to give you a new name. Yeah. Like, like it's not to go see him to get justice. Oh, it's <laughs> We'll bring you to get a new name. Don Corleone, Don I need a new name. Can Don you please Corleone, help me out? Please, please. <laughs> they, just... they, they call me Johnny Lips in this neighborhood. And just, I don't like it. I can, Please, I need justice. I need a new name. That, that would not be justice. <laughs> He's like, I need a new name, like Cary Grant or, uh, you know. He's like, no, I will need justice. That's been taken already. People would confuse you for an actor and then they would fear you he has a big book with all the names that are elements that are taken in the united he's really, states he's really a notary <laughs> but yeah we don't know how he went from rothstein to just roth yeah 
maybe because name yourself after another gangster maybe it would get confusing people would be like yeah. Maybe the Rothstein organization was like, yeah. hey, you can't go around just calling yourself Arnold Rothstein. Yeah. So he's like, it can be. I changed it to Roth. You can't touch me now. It's legally a different name. Johnny, let me tell you the rules. We can change it based on who you admire, but it can't be exactly the same. It, but it must be a compound word. And the second syllable of that word <laughs> cannot rhyme with the original of the person you admire. <laughs> You got it. <laughs> yeah, and then um, yeah, so that's the end of the deleted scene where. Uh, do you spend time with your new nickname? <laughs> sure, I do. Good, because <laughs> I gave it to you. <laughs> so uh, I guess the scene is. So it, you you're telling me you can see that? See what? That deleted scene, or was that just in the script? No, there was a scene film. You can see it on wow. YouTube and on the DVD where Excellent. Clemenza says, "Oh, this is Johnny Lips." Wow! And uh, Don says, "Who do you admire?" Yeah, and the Roth, the guy who plays Roth, is looks like he doesn't look anything like a young Hiram Roth. Does he look like the actor in the real movie? What do you mean? Because we see Hyman Roth in this minute. A young Hyman. Roth. Oh yeah, that's that's the guy you see. I mean, but his, oh, his okay. face doesn't look. You, you wouldn't oh, look at him and go, "Oh, yeah. that's Hyman Roth." He's like yeah. big, giant teeth and oh uh, uh, yeah, and so on. Oh, so interesting. Uh, it's. I'm surprised they didn't. Considering that this is the only thing he does, you would have thought they would got someone who looked a lot like Arnold <laughs> Roth or like Hyman Roth. But they probably just picked him out of a crowd of extras, like the same yeah. way they did with uh, Finucci's, you know, nephew. Yeah. Just picked a guy and said, "Okay, you be the." Yeah, I'm surprising they didn't do that. So if you were Paramount and we're mm. going to release this in ten years, yeah. digitally remastered AI. Yeah touched up would you put in someone who looked more like Hyman Roth in this scene well I mean yes I would do a de-aged Lee Strasberg yeah I would find a picture of you know images of Lee Strasberg when he was younger and then do it based on that or or find someone who looked is more like that yeah if you're casting someone just for that it feels like it should that's why part of the reason it was cut because it it doesn't oh yeah yeah and uh, also it we don't learn anything new about it because we knew he changed. We knew he named himself after. We knew he was an admirer yeah. of Arnold Rothstein because yeah. that's how he got his name. Mm-hmm. We, knew, we don't know that's how he got his name. We just knew he he loved baseball because he admired yeah. uh, Arnold Rothstein. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's connecting the dots, but that didn't really essentially need to be. You don't think they should have had that scene where Hyman is talking to Michael in Hyman's house with the TV raised yeah. up high? He says, Michael, uh, I don't know, Rothstein. Oh, ever, I like baseball ever since. Uh, I, I like <laughs> baseball. The I'm doing <laughs> I like baseball ever since. I'm a Rothstein fixed the World Series. Did I ever tell you how I got my name? And he goes, <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> <laughs> well, did did yeah. I ever tell you how I got my name? And they both look into the television <laughs> and that, like, it appears there and zooms in. And then when the scene's over, it's, it's Mrs. Roth turning it down. He's like, You're going to break your eardrums. <laughs> I wonder if there is a picture of young Hyman Roth in that, like on the wall in that scene. Oh, where he's, where he's talking to Michael as an old man. Is there a picture of him as a young man on the? I'm going to say no, and I have a reason. Why? Because then someone could prove that he does lie about his age. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a picture of like a teenage him holding a newspaper proving oh. what day what day was taken. Hey, I do that every day on my birth every year on my birthday. I do that to prove I don't lie about my age. Nothing more important. <laughs> um also the no, but I do like that they have Hyman Roth 
in these past scenes because I feel like having more stuff connecting the two yeah. in this film. Mm-hmm. Like most of the plot has to, the first plot of the first part of part two has to do with Hyman Roth. Yeah. So having him in the flashbacks is a nice bit of yeah you know uh, making it more cohesive as yeah it. even though they don't call attention to it you don't even know who this guy is in the final cut of the movie oh right yeah you see him hanging out you with him, him. But you, you don't know who, yeah. he, who he is so if i were coppola i would have kept the scene this scene in that mm-hmm. you just described i would have changed it a little bit i would have had just don, missed it don corleone ask uh johnny lips he's johnny lips at this point yes so the uh, Johnny, little Johnny Lips, who who do you admire? He says, uh, Arnold, Ar- Arnold, Ro- <laughs> Ar- Arnold Rothstein. He's doing a high-pitched voice. <laughs> Arnold Rothstein. When he answers Arnold Rothstein, the dog says, try again. He says, uh, 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 Clemenza? Fat, uh, buffalo-headed Clemenza? Try again. Uh, Don Corleone? That's right. <laughs> he, may, he may forces him to say that he admires him. It is a little bit of a... It, it is funny how Hyman, young Hyman does not think to say, well, you, Mr. Corleone. Like, yeah. he, he's, he instantly jumps to, to his, uh, his, his approved thing. That also would have been a good uh, detail to include in the scene with old man Hyman Roth is having someone refer to him as Johnny Lips like oh. like uh, Frankie say so like oh Johnny Lips we can't trust oh. him you know like so calling back to that name but but it but sounds it too confusing for people who's Johnny <laughs> Lips <laughs> it's already confusing enough with like Michael Carr Johnny Lips says hello <laughs> <laughs> a third character <laughs> he's not even garroting uh frankie yeah. Fra- frankie's just going oh 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 <laughs> frankie lips says wait a minute that's the name of the episode <laughs> johnny lips says johnny lips says a lot so are you suggesting are you tell him wait, are you trying to tell me that clemenza gave him the nickname johnny lips yes and are you suggesting that in the in this universe he had that nickname for a period of time and people knew him that as that until the Don found out and changed his nickname? I'm going to guess no. That, okay. Because in that scripted scene where Clemenza meets Simon Roth, mm-hmm. like the kids are teasing him by calling him Lips. Oh, yeah. And so Clemenza is basically saying, okay, I'll give you a new name, Johnny Lips. So yeah. I'm sure Hyman Roth was mortified to know that that that, that was going to be his new name. Yeah. So he was probably... so. And he's saying, oh, you fix trucks, huh? Maybe you can come work for us. So I don't get the impression he was with, the, like, it's, I feel like that happened. And then he immediately came to Don Corleone and said, here's our new yeah, guy. So he yeah. was Johnny Lips for maybe an afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> but an somehow afternoon it, with Johnny Lips. But, some, <laughs> but somehow people got word of it and called him that as as a dig yeah. to get at him. I wonder if the kids and that, in the and neighborhood... That his, and that was his whole reason for getting back to the Corleones. Like, you, oh, yeah. They, they, <laughs> That was a that was a boy who had vision. <laughs> that boy's name was Johnny Lips. Like, what were you talking about? Right? <laughs> that was me. <laughs> your name your name was Johnny Lips. You <laughs> laughs even more. I wonder if um, I wonder if anyway. Oh, I wonder if the kids. Okay, that's, I'll start again. I wonder if the kids in the neighborhood still called him Johnny Lips once he went to work oh. for the Corleones, or is he like, okay, now we have to? I don't think they did. Hands off. No, you think because the kids in the neighborhood now knew that he worked for Don Corleone. Even the kids knew it, and then they would fear him. <laughs> so, at what point? At some point, 
uh, Heimerdorf went on his own. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. curious to know how that happened, why he wasn't considered part of the... Oh, yeah, and why he was allowed to break off. Yeah, whereas um, the Clemenza and Tessio were not... They weren't, know, yeah, they weren't the, given permission to start their right. own families. Maybe because he was Jewish, he was never really part of it, yeah. and so they're like, you know, he could never be a true... Yeah. You know, like Tom Hagen. He's never really the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was not a bad conciliary. Yeah. Or not a Sicilian, but... Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also later on we learned or or earlier on later on chronologically earlier in the movie Hyman Roth was saying that during Prohibition Vito and himself had mm-hmm. like were basically partners in this yeah. venue but if this is 1920 yeah, doesn't, doesn't add up it's it's hard to imagine uh, Hyman Roth getting more so yeah. powerful that he's now a partner with Don Corleone in that short amount of time. Could be Alex. You know? Either Puzo or Roth are li- is lying about his age, <laughs> right? Well, I don't think he's lying about his age. I think because he's always accurate about his age. I think he's lying about his influence on, oh. on to kind of get on Mikey's. You know, every chance yeah, he got, yeah. he always mentioned Mikey's father to him that's at any right. point. So I think he's just he knows that that's like a, a way to get to you know ingratiate himself yeah, with, with Mikey. Yeah. So oh, uh, I so. wish we could have had a scene with Lee Strasberg and Marlon Brando together. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to save it for the AI version. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So they're hanging up the the olive oil sign. Yes. And you hear. Jenko say, Vito, what do you think? God bless America. We're going to make a big business. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to call like overdub that. on that. I'll yeah. alert on that. Definitely. In, in fact, the, uh, I don't know if you noticed, the subtitles attribute that line to Clemenza. Yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. know if it was like originally, and so yeah, it's no. even the, they're like, oh wait, this it's is so overdubbed. Jenko. Yeah, yeah. Like, was it originally Clemenza saying it, and then they overdubbed it with Jenko saying oh, yeah. it, and you know who else? So, and uh, did they have Tessio? Did they have Avagoda? Avagoda do it? Do the overdub? <laughs> wait, they had Avagoda do Tessio's America? Do, do Clemenza's overdub? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, Abe Vigoda doing an impression of yeah. Tessio. Because remember, we we established in Godfather Part One that it was Abe Vigoda that was doing all of these different characters. Oh, overdubs. that's right. He's, He's the he only the, one left in the studio. That's right. Because he talked to Vossini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make a big business. <laughs> Barney? We're bigger than, not U.S. Steel, they'd be smaller than that. We're like uh-huh. a smaller business. We're bigger than Arnie's Barbershop. <laughs> and they have black guy specialists, Barney. <laughs> Wait, did you say black guy specialists? Yeah. Well, I got a lot from the book. Do you have anything else for the minute before I bust out the book? Uh, last thing that I have for the minute, uh, well, the is we see Clemenza looking fatter now. Oh yeah! Like he's he puts his belly out, and it's yeah. another reason why it makes me think it's his, a, a, like a year or two after. Mm. I guess he could have gotten that fat quickly. Yeah, he eats a lot of buffalo head. That guy. Yeah, but um, yeah. Although I would have thought he would lose weight. Uh, walking all over the city selling olive oil. Never. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he drinks too much of his product. Does olive oil make oh. you fat? It's considered one of the better oils. Hmm. I know that. But he's probably eating it with bread yeah. and pasta and lunch. Yeah. 
Yeah. He has to take all the clients out and he's always <laughs> <he's> dipping bread. <laughs> and that's right. Yeah. Can't throw it away. So that is the last I have. Uh, that's the last I have for the uh, flashback scene. So take me, take us back to the book. Back to the book. Well, I understand is identical to the movie. The book is different than the movie. The book is different than the movie. The book is different. The book is different. The book is different than the movie. Yeah. Are you ready, Alex? Uh, hold on. Okay, I'm ready. Page 211, Puzo writes. By the way, this is all background information for how Don Corleone is coming up in the world and mm-hmm. everything that's happening at this time. Puzo writes. Got it. But great men are not born great. They grow great. And so, so it was with Vito Corleone. When prohibition came to pass and alcohol forbidden to be sold, Vito Corleone made the final step from a quite ordinary, somewhat ruthless businessman to a great dawn in the world of criminal enterprise. It did not happen in a day. It did not happen in a year. But by the end of the prohibition period and the start of the Great Depression, Vito Corleone had become the godfather. Ding! The Don. Ding! <laughs> Don Corleone. Ding! It started casually enough. By this time, the Jenko Pura Oil Company had a fleet of six delivery trucks. So give people some pers- some perspective. Sorry to interrupt. Prohibition ended in 1933. Oh, so this, okay. So this would have been... Rough, we'll figure roughly 10 years after the scene that we're seeing. Yeah, so around 1933 yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. At the time it ends, yeah. So this is uh, I'm connecting this with other Godfather Lord. events. So uh-huh. Hyman Roth referencing the trucks provided right. by Don Corleone. Canada. Mm-hmm. Vito Corleone was approached by a group of Italian bootleggers who smuggled alcohol and whiskey in from Canada. They needed trucks and... Oh. Deli- just like, yeah. like Ryan Roth said. <laughs> they needed trucks and delivery men to distribute their pro, their produce over New York City. They needed delivery men who were reliable, discreet, and of a certain determination and force. They were willing to pay Vito Corleone for his trucks and for his men. The fee was so enormous that Vito Corleone cut back drastically on his oil business to use the trucks almost exclusively for the service of the bootlegger smugglers. This despite the fact that these gentlemen had accompanied their offer with a silky threat. But even then, Vito Corleone was so mature a man that he did not take insult at a threat or become angry and refuse a profitable offer because of it. He, he evaluated the threat, found it lacking in conviction, and lowered his opinion of his new partners because they had been so stupid to use threats where none were needed. This was useful information to be pondered at its proper time. Pause. The, the idea that it was a front for smuggling liquor makes a lot more sense. But it sounds like it wasn't at first. I know. That's the yeah. peculiar about it. It almost makes it sound like he was a legitimate businessman at first, and then suddenly these guys that, approached him, and yeah. next thing you know, he was involved in the bootlegging business. Are you buying it, or do you feel like Puzo is still... You kind of see... Because clearly he is, quote, a man of respect, which means he will strong arm you into buying his olive oil. Yes. I don't know. Maybe this was just inevitable. And Puzo did write that Don Corleone felt every man has his destiny. Yeah, well, that's right. true. I mean, 
by definition. Yeah. Wherever you wind up is where you yeah, wound up. It's cyclical. <laughs> um, I think that's partial. I'm going to say it's partially true. Yeah. Uh, I like the part about him not respecting them because they in, it came immediately at him with threats. Yeah. As opposed to just, you know, wanting to work together. Make me an offer. Yeah. If I refuse it, then you threaten me. <laughs> Come on. I, you make an offer. If he refuses it, then you then you <laughs> get insulted. Exactly. <laughs> they just came in immediately, put his brains on the contract. And they're like, yeah, oh, wait, no one wins. Now we can't. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um so but but having a distribution company that is distributing and salespeople who are selling olive oil it does seem like it would be a great way to also have a booze business because yeah. you get someone going to door to door and and here's your container of olive oil wink wink and yeah. you know and so on yeah. so um yeah the infrastructure is all there the trucks the warehouses the, the routes right i wonder what became of these other um mafia people the bootleggers? Yeah, the bootleggers. Did mm-hmm. they... I'm guessing that they... That all the other crime families are emerging at this time, too. Barzini, Tatalia, yeah. Cunio, <laughs> Strazzi. <laughs> I guess that they're just bootleggers. They're they're not really looking to run a crime family. They're just looking for someone place to get rid of their booths, to sell booths. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're probably so, just a part of the whole supply chain yeah so right? they probably either once prohibition ended they either got out of the business or just became part of the other crime families I yeah guess. yeah uh, and i wonder if the other crime families also uh they must have all dabbled in liquor probably yeah because it was probably before they all had kind of divided up their specialties yeah you know so yeah, and the profits were enormous yeah so much that He's like, why am I selling olive oil? But you know what? I'm going to keep Tessio and Clemenza still walking those routes. So they know. Oh, that's some great you stuff. Know, all right, Heimann, you get your own family. Tessio and Clemenza, you guys keep selling yeah. olive oil out there. Yeah. And Tom, I need you to go to Hollywood to talk to this Hollywood big shot. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Buto yeah. writes. No, so far nothing in there that I would qualify as a bombshell. Oh, yeah. No, no. We're getting to it. All right. <clears throat> Puto writes. Again, he prospered, but more important, he acquired knowledge and contacts and experience, and he piled up good deeds as a banker piles up securities. We got contacts. <laughs> For in the following years, it became clear that Vito Corleone was not only a man of talent, but in his way, a genius. Hmm. Let's see again. <laughs> Come on, Mario, laying out a bit thick like, there. Yeah, I mean, he was handsome. And <laughs> I think. I think. And he was very smooth on his trigger finger and never pulling it when <laughs> accidentally. I think Puto went to Don Corleone and said, "Don Corleone, I need finance for my next book." <laughs> it could yeah. be because from what it sounds like he was broke and desperate and he wrote right? this kind of as like a Hail Mary maybe this the Hail Crooked Mary maybe this will make me some money what, so. do, I, what do I deserve for this generosity why, why do I deserve this generosity Don Corleone if you consider $100,000 for publishing rights finance then te salud and it really is like a way of improving the image of the mafia right. so brilliant yeah brilliant we got men on the on the in the publishing house, don't we, Alex? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Do you think that's why they were kind of hinting at when they showed the scene with Waltz oh. being pressured into like? Is that basically kind of a way of letting the audience know that this whole thing has just been a, a pure pressure from oh, from organized gosh. crime? Well, wow. Know. Yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> we're living. It's the Don's world. We're just living in it. That's right. 
Puzzo writes, he made himself the protector of the Italian families who set themselves up as small speakeasies in their homes, selling whiskey at 15 cents a glass to bachelor laborers. He became godfather to Mrs. Colombo's youngest son when the lad made his confirmation and gave a handsome present of a $20 gold piece. Hmm. Meanwhile, since it was inevitable that some of his trucks were stopped by police, Jenko Abandando hired a fine lawyer with many contacts in the police department and the judiciary. A system of payoffs was set up, and soon the Corleone organization had a sizable, quote, sheet, the list of officials entitled to a monthly sum. When the lawyer tried to keep this list down, apologizing for the expense, Vito Corleone assured him, No, no, he said, get everyone on it, even if they can't help us right now. I believe in friendship, and I am willing to show my friendship first. Oh, interesting. So this lawyer is the one who kind of started them on their on their um, climb a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he needs more lawyers. Let's tell you, he doesn't need tough guys. He needs more lawyers. Well, Alex, as you know, the paywall has to come down at some point. It's inevitable. That's right, but please, listeners, go to godfather.com slash support to access all the bonus content. And we've been talking it up the past two weeks. When we when we read from the book, we we drop a serious content bomb. I was skeptical, but he's right. It's a it's one of the biggest bombshells of the season. That's right. It's worth going to support our bonus contents just for that. Just to learn that one. Then you can cancel it. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, yeah, godfatherminute.com slash support. And you'll get access to that. And also all sorts of bombshells in the bonus content. And speaking of bonus content, Alex, you were going to tell us something about why they deleted that scene with Johnny Roth and Clemenza. Why? Oh, yeah, because Coppola thought it would disrupt the flow. 